Hey, Sean. Yes, sir. I finally did it. Okay. I finally saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Celebrate good times. <laughs> Come on. You want to know what really made that movie suck? Um, The fact that you were spoiled? <laughs> no. The little shits that sat behind us and tr- talked the entire time during the movie. It was at the point where I was going to leave that theater in handcuffs because someone was going to die. You know, you can just complain to the movie theater and they'll give you a free ticket, right? Well, this is like a small town theater and actually there was no tickets involved. Like I didn't even get one, but it's just so annoying. Wait, you just walked in and stole the movie? <laughs> no, I paid I paid money for the ticket, but they didn't hand me anything like physically saying that I paid. But it's just so frustrating when you go to see a movie and things just finally open up and there's these kids there that just act like they're in their mom's basement and just talking and laughing the whole time. I have never been so angry during a movie. Do you know what would make you less angry? What's that? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast, where David gets annoyed at little kids and doesn't do the right thing and just get new tickets handed to him. Well, it's, you can't just do that. Okay, well, so... You can. Like, I went... Um, we went to, like, the Power Rangers when it came out. You know, the one with Elizabeth Banks like, and the new yeah. one? Yeah. And there was this sassy lady behind us with her boyfriend and she clearly went there because he wanted to go. And she was like, who's that? Oh, I Yo, go guy, go. Yo, yellow power ranger. What's up? It was so fucking annoying, but we got our tickets refunded. So it was okay. So, but that's at like a cineplex or something like a large chain, right? Yeah. Essentially yeah. you just say I had a very terrible time. Well, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, it's a small theater and like, I still enjoyed the movie, but I did have to turn around a few times and, and rather loudly tell them you guys need to stop talking right now. And, you know, I had to give those glances back there, but like, it was just, it was ridiculous. You know, like parents t- train your children better. And it's funny. She who shall not be named was actually so, so much, even so much more annoyed than I was at the end of the movie. But you know what? I still got to see Spider-Man in theaters. What was your uh, thoughts now that you're the last person on the scene on screen <laughs> crew to see it? Last person on earth to see it. Uh, you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. I think the trailer did enough to not spoil significant parts of the story. Fair. Um. You know, I was very shocked when Aunt May died. Yeah, you kind of felt it coming, though. I, I know. I, yeah, I kind of felt like something was going to happen, but not straight up death. Um, but when you think about it, something like Spider-Man and everything loses someone who's close to him. Right. And because we 
didn't have the uh, Uncle Ben death, we had to have someone in his life die. And they're not going to kill MJ, and they're not going to kill Ned. So, yeah, it was uh, interesting. I really enjoyed how they, the, uh, like the dialogue between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and uh, Tom Holland, like as their Spider-Mans. Peter one, um, Peter, two, Peter three. I thought it was, yeah, they did a really good job at kind of <laughs> connecting the jokes and kind of the, the comments that were made from the other series. Yeah. But one uh, and like asking Toby Maguire's Peter or Spider-Man uh, where the webs come out of, like, does it come out of anywhere else in your body? <laughs> like pretty funny because that's, are you making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then do you know the one part where they completely lost like they they missed not misstepped but they could have had like one of the ultimate lines in that movie is you know when they're talking to Andrew Garfield Spider-Man he's like oh man like I'm not that big of a deal like you guys are so much better than me I'm not, nothing and they're just like no man you're amazing you're amazing like you're such a good Spider-Man and everything they could have totally said you're an amazing Spider-Man. Like in put those two words together. They did. Amazing and Spider- no, they didn't. Yeah, because Andrew Garfield's like, thanks, I needed that. And it was like a whole fan service no. thing. Yes, but they just said, You're amazing. You're like they didn't say, like, I was just hoping for them to say, You're an amazing Spider-Man. Just like that. Not just like you're amazing. All they were doing was like saying that, like, you know, building him up. And that was like more of the fan service because, you know, the people hated on his Spider-Man and those, the amazing Spider-Man films. But I felt like they could have really just said the title of the movies that he was in just to bring it home. But, uh, I, I thought, otherwise, I thought sure it was pretty good. Did. No, they didn't. I was waiting for it, but, uh, um, and I thought, uh, I really thought that, um, what's his name? Um, Captain time space. Doctor Captain? Strange. Yes, Captain <laughs> Doctor Strange was going to be some sort of like evil character, right? Like I thought that there was going to be some sort of uh, uh, universe rift, right? And he was going to be evil, but I guess uh, that's going to be the next one. Yeah, and like it's crazy too because everything he did in this movie caused all the other stuff in the Multiverse of Madness. So mm-hmm. we're we're getting excited now. One thing uh, I didn't quite understand it and well i guess it's just an easy way for them to get um what's his name who played bane uh Uh, tom hardy tom hardy's venom into this universe was the way that they did that was kind of weird well they just needed to get the symbiote into it they didn't well and that's the thing is right like they they got the symbiote in there but why did that stay when everything went back to the the their original universe, right? Like it's it just kind of like jumped off. I don't know. Yeah, it was just kind of like a, a weird way of of uh, or like an easy way to f- fill that spot. Um, they could have very well made it so that he was in the same universe, like the same Marvel universe. True, but they didn't. They made the choice. Yeah, and then uh, is. At the very end, like after credits, it was just a trailer for uh, Captain Time Space Continuum. Yeah, it was. God the damn, first why can't tra- I remember his name? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, but that's that one's not online at all. 
Yeah, the yeah, it was. It was released shortly after. Was it? I don't I don't recall ever seeing that one. Yeah, I've watched it a bunch. <laughs> oh. Um well. Overall, pretty good movie. I would totally watch it again to see if there's uh, anything that I missed. But I thought that they did a good job at uh, kind of breathing new life into the villains and adding uh, extra dimension to them. Like Dr. Octopus, like, you know, he's a a big villain, but then he kind of ended up being a good guy. This is uh, this is a very funny dynamic for me right now, because the movie came out in November and you <laughs> just in December it. came out in December. Oh, December, December. Yeah. And you just saw it, and you're like so excited. I'm like, I just need the Blu-rays to come out. I just need the Blu-rays to come out. And the Blu-ray doesn't come out until next month. The no, it's, digi- s- digital comes out at the end of this month. Oh no, it's uh, this weekend actually. Are you sure? Like I googled this the other day because you brought it up on our last show. Spider-Man: No Way Home, Blu-ray. Comes out. Dun, 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 oh, dun. not this weekend. Next week, March twenty second. That's digital only. Yeah, to stream and stream on demand. Yeah, and Blu-ray comes out April something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, but I'll buy both because I'm desperate. Did you? Uh, did you watch I Am Vengeance? Or the uh, Vengeance? No, not yet. I haven't seen the Vengeance yet either. It was a. Uh, it was a really interesting weekend in our area of uh, uh, part of Ontario. There was a, a lot of uh, hesitation by some for the movie theaters. The movie theaters were packed, which is also mm-hmm. no surprise. But I've got to say, I'm probably this. I didn't think I was going to say this, but I'm probably going to wait till the HBO release because they're doing the 45 day thing. HBO gets it in the middle of April. Really? And there's there's a reason why, because I had two separate friends tell me that the movie is good, but it's too long, like through Endgame, through Spider-Man, through Infinity War. You liked that three hours. You wanted to invest that three hours. You knew it was going to be three hours going into it. And yeah, it, it had a few lulls, but the whole movie was overall great. Apparently, the th- the final act of Batman, you're kind of hoping the movie ends. And I heard this from two different people who don't even know each other, which makes it even (laughs) funnier. But it's like, yeah, the first two acts are really, really good, really strong. And then the third act, you're kind of like looking down at your watch being like, if I go to the bathroom now, will I miss much? Or can I just like, can this just end? I I felt that way with the desolation of Smaug. Like, I just found that movie so long that I was like, if I just get up and go to the bathroom, what am I going to miss? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know that the kind of like you, the reviews are kind of mixed. Either people are saying that it's it's great or they're saying like, eh, whatever. It was OK. You can wait out. So right after it released, I sent you a uh, a snippet of. Um, a guy I know who is probably the biggest DC fanboy I have ever met. Uh, this is their review. Oh boy, the bat the Batman was a masterpiece. Uh, and okay, just remember, this is the same person who thought that Wonder Woman 1984 was the greatest superhero movie made, greatest superhero movie ever made. You remember that? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, go on. 
I'm just <laughs> I, I, I'm already like worried. But yeah. OK, so the Batman was a masterpiece from start to the epic's climax. This film is the best edited slash directed slash shot comic book film ever made. Originally, what I considered to be the only best Batman films was the Dark Knight trilogy. But what Matt Reeves has done with this interpretation of the characters, not only faithful, but the most well cared movie from made from either Marvel or DC comics. The Batman is pure crime solving drama with the most intense action scenes filmed, not to mention the cast to this day. The one and true Batman is Robert Pattinson. This is the must see movie slash comic book movie, not only for the year, but of all time. Now I need to see it again soon. Isn't this the guy who said the same thing about the original Justice League and then the Zack Snyder Justice League? Yes, exactly. Right. The (laughs) the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Yes. But he's always been like a a very like DC mm -hmm. fanboy. Mm -hmm. Right. And this this would be this. uh, (laughs) Right. Which is really funny. But into contrast, this is the thing. Uh, Someone else that I know who is a little more well versed, I would say, and uh, able to look at these things more critically said this. I went and saw the Batman tonight. It was dot, dot, dot decent was way too long and had a lot of unnecessary scenes and characters that felt crammed in just to be there for people to say, Oh, it's so-and-so Robert Pattinson did a great job as Batman, but what was there of Bruce was kind of lacking though. I do like the idea of a bit more of an unhinged Bruce compared to a composed philanthropist. I would have liked to see him fleshed out a bit more. The main issue is when they try to go dark with it, but never fully commit. And it kind of takes away from the events that happen. Lots of big things happen, but never feels like there's any actual consequences from them. I think I'd watch a sequel, but no interest in watching this one a second time. So just from those two responses, you know, you have like a, it's like on one end or the other, like one extreme. And I wouldn't even say the other one is extreme to the other one. It's like middle of the ground, right? Like it's, he's not saying that it's a bad movie, but there's a lot of issues with it, just like any other superhero film. But I find more so with the DC movies. If you look at a lot of the other DC movies, and I, I would say maybe not so much the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, because they didn't introduce a lot of characters all at once just to introduce them. Right. Yeah. But a lot of the other Batman movies that they've done, or even the, the the DC movies in general, they would introduce all of these characters really quickly just to have them in there so that maybe they can do something with it later. Well, I think that's what happened. Sorry. Sorry, That was like an issue with, uh, with Affleck's Batman. Right. And then, cause they were trying to build up the justice league just to combat against uh, the Avengers. But instead of doing it over the course of like five or six movies, they did it over the course of one and a half movies. Right. So you lose a lot of, I don't know, context and character building. And then it just feels rushed and crammed and just overall not very good. Yeah, the the key word that I'm seeing in a lot of reviews are too long, too long, way too long. The one thing that I have heard, though, is like sound engineering is probably one of the best movies of all time, according to some people. Mm. Which, okay, cool. But you need to kind of put all the other puzzle pieces together as well. 
My favorite review I've seen here, I just want to take a small sip, uh, snippet, is there was a lot of interesting choices involved in the creation of this movie. To start, the dialogue sounds like it was written by an edgy 12-year-old boy. I suppose that's fitting since that's what the target audience seems to be. It wants to be dark and edgy without actually committing to anything dark or disturbing. It tries too hard while simultaneously falling flat. A lot of character decisions make no sense, as well as the addition to many characters. Penguin, cool, but why? Interesting. Mm. All I know... Quite. Quite interesting. All I know is it makes me want to spend money on it less. And if I'm already paying for like the HBO service, I'm just going to get it in a month. To me, it does not matter. It yeah, like it. I was, I don't know. I would see it in theaters, but at the same time, the biggest thing is that it's so long. Like if it feels so long, I'd rather watch at home when I'm can sprawl out on my couch and, you know, I can pause it to take a pee break or whatever, you know, and then and not feel like I'm just crushed in the seat now kind of relating back to this theater the seats that we were in were so small now i know that they updated the, the seating but i feel like they updated them in the like the bigger theaters because there's three screens there so we were in like a smaller mezzanine theater uh and the seats i swear to god um if someone was sitting on my right side i would have to sit like if you, if our listeners at home, if you're sitting down, sit with both of your arms in between your legs. That's how I would have to sit for the oh, entire boy. movie. Yeah, not fun, and especially if you're trying to eat popcorn and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if I would want to uh, spend almost three hours sitting in a chair like that watching uh, the Batman. But if uh, what you say is true. And it will be available to stream online in 45 days. Then you, Sean, have gained my trust. Well, I've always had your trust. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what you can watch for three hours comfortably at home? What's that? <laughs> the Cena podcast. <laughs> Only at 96.2, the lake. <laughs> um, no, the Evolution Championship Series on Twitch. And uh, for for those who are not in the know, the Evolution Championship Series, commonly known as Evo, is an annual esports event that focuses exclusively on fighting games. The tournament is a completely open, and they use double elimination formats. And um, essentially, they use a bunch of games people compete. It's a huge tournament that is, um, I guess, streamed because televised is not the right word on Twitch. They announced their lineup today. Now, David, you're you're a pretty versed gamer, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, I've dabbled. So you you would know a handful of fighting games. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna list off a name, uh, like some of the biggest names on this list, and you're gonna tell me what game is predominantly missing. All right. Okay. So, so these are all the tournaments that will be supported and included in the tournament that are currently available on Switch, and some that aren't. Dragon Ball Z Fighter or Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I've already screwed this up. We're in Canada. It's Zed. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Mortal Thank Kombat you. One One, uh, <laughs> Melty Blood Type Lumina. That sounds fun. Uh, Skull Girls Second Encore, Street Fighter Hold Five. Hold on, Melty Blood. That's exactly what it's called. Melty. Like, blood. hey, what kind of blood does this person have? Uh, I don't know, blood. but it's a little melty. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, Street Fighter V, Champion Edition, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear Strive, King of Fighters 15, and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. There's a big fighting game missing. Um, Clay Fighters. Yes, Clay Fighters is definitely missing. But for those not living under a rock or think Michael Keaton stars in these games, it's Super Smash Brothers. Is Batman not in Smash Bros? No, he's not. He is going to be in multiverses, though, when that finally drops on every console but the Switch, because that's a big F.U. from Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't clear at this time why Smash Brothers won't fully be attending, but we have an official statement uh, indicating that Nintendo chose not to get involved this time around, but could return in the future. Statement reads, since 2007, we've seen historic Super Smash Brothers moments created at the Evo events. We are saddened that Nintendo has chosen not to continue that legacy with us this year. In the future, we hope to once again celebrate the Smash Bros. community alongside them. Now, as you know, Nintendo has kind of cut off the lifelines to Smash Brothers. There'll be no more bug fixes, no more competitive tournaments through Nintendo, but people can still run their own. And people are pretty bummed. And I'm not going to like... I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I've talked to some people who are a little bit more aware of this stuff than I am. And they're saying a lot. It could have something to do with the fact that now that the game has not been supported for the last few months by Nintendo, any exploit can't be fixed. So you would end up having to do what they've done in the past and eliminate character choices Mm. or... Uh, you would have to limit like maps so things can't be exploited. I think all in all, Nintendo was just like, nah, we're done. We're not supporting this anymore. But if you're interested in this tournament and an event, you can start watching it uh, as of when is this? March 8th? That's today. Or that was two days ago. What the hell? Evo? Oh, <laughs> no, sorry. That was the announcement. My, my bad. My bad. Yeah. So it's actually running this weekend. So. Enjoy it. Check it out. It'll be fun, but <sighs> rip. People want yeah. to see Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It is the greatest fighter of all time. And I'm not wow. saying that as a Nintendo fi- like fanboy. I'm saying that as in like, what game gives you that diverse palette? Well, it's going to be Multiverses when Multiverses comes out. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's PlayStation All-Stars. Have you seen some of the updates to Multiverses that were leaked off the beta? Uh, no, man, some cool stuff. They have like different, like each character has different skins and the AI learns from who you're fighting. So if like Scooby-Doo was fighting Arya Stark, I saw a clip online. I can't find it anymore. Cause obviously it got pulled. Um, Arya is just like, my wolf is better than your wolf type of thing because she's specifically fighting another dog. And that's pretty cool. Multiverses is also going to be free to play. Pay to buy characters or skins, not bad. We'll see how it goes. If it's yeah. pay to win, that'll kind of suck. But I mean, it's worked for Fortnite all these years, so why not have a fighter do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, fighting games have never really been my jam. So, has you know, jam I, been your jam or well, uncut jams? <laughs> uh, but you know, it it is always interesting to watch some of these like competitions and how good people are, 
you know, I can play Mortal Kombat or I could play, well, I could play Smash Bros and be horrible at it because I can't remember for the life of me, you know, button combinations and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But seeing some of the things that people can do, especially like I was pretty good at Soul Calibur 2 on the GameCube. Um, I was like super, super good with that one. Uh, but other than that, like, I don't know, like I'll pick up some fighting games, play a little bit of it, and then I just don't play them enough to get good at them. Which is probably why I don't really like them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to you have to be a coordinated button masher. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. want to talk about a few other games? Sure. I would love what, do you, to. what do you want to talk about? So uh, I, an article came out of the UK um, from gamesindustry.biz. Now they're, they're fairly predominant in um, game sales. So they're kind of like the VG charts of the UK. And they actually have obtained a bunch of data talking about the, the physical versus digital purchases um, over the last fiscal year. Uh, Far Cry 6, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ratchet and & Clank were some of the bigger titles on the list, and they ranked better at physical than they did digital. Now, I was going through this list earlier that has about twenty uh, the top 20 games that were sold in the UK last year, and there's one, two, three, four games by Nintendo, which are, have inconclusive data because digital data is typically unavailable for Nintendo games, correct? Yeah, Nintendo doesn't like to share... But some of the numbers are a little staggering. So you see like your common ones, like your FIFAs, your Call of Duty. They're like 60% digital share, which is fairly average, I think, right now for for games. Some people don't want the physical copies and other people buy the digital only consoles, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. FIFA, Call of Duty, two of the bigger titles that drop every year. Except this year where Call of Duty is not going to have a game drop. Well, it's interesting, though, like even Call of Duty Vanguard, though was uh, only 58.3% digital. So, yeah, it's closer to the 60% mark there, but still, that's a pretty uh, significant divide. Like, you would think that more people would be buying that digitally than physical, Um, but it's almost 50-50. Yeah, 100%. And, like, the the thing I find funnier, too, is, like, um, 2 million units of FIFA 22 were sold, at uh, 60% digital share. FIFA 21 sold 600,000 copies at 62% of the share. So that's, that's going to be people who bought it at a discount after Christmas, I guess. Um, but that's still pretty impressive. Uh, Cold War or Black Ops Cold War, again, just over half a million at 74%. That's a huge market swing. Mm-hmm. Again, you're probably buying that game at $28 versus the 50 or 60, right? Yeah, like, and that's the thing is like, well, when these were 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sales for the UK. So over the course of a year, though, these games will probably go on sale sooner digitally than they would physically. That's So I'm pretty sure Black Ops Cold War went on sale pretty quickly after it released, um, like right before Christmas. Right. So that's probably what... uh, what bumped up a lot of the those sales well you're also looking at a vanguard sample size of a month and a half versus an entire year's worth of sales for black ops cold war mm-hmm. um there are some interesting ones on the list 
Specifically, if you look at something like Miles Morales, right? Miles mm-hmm. Morales sold 500 or well, we'll say half a million copies. Okay. At 30% digital share. 30% seems like an awful low number considering most people couldn't get PlayStations last year. So people were actually going out of their way to buy the physical copy, but the physical copy came with Spider-Man, just Spider-Man mm-hmm. for the PS4. No, like, I know for the I, PS5. Well, yeah, yes. Sorry. The PS4 <laughs> game Spider-Man. Shut up. The, what I'm saying is that game had its <laughs> its numbers bumped up because the, if you bought the physical edition, you got the, or the ultimate edition, you got two games for the price of one or really two games for the price of one or like a half and a half. I don't know. It's not worth that much standalone. You got a game and a half for the price of a game. That's probably better. Yeah. Um, Minecraft looked interesting at less than 20%. So it sold more physical copies. And I'm assuming that's Minecraft as a whole, including Minecraft Dungeons. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, what else? Anything else? Like, oh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. This one is quite interesting. This game came out forever ago. Um, but since its release... Ubisoft has when did it come out? 2015. Um, since its release, Ubisoft has been supporting it hardcore. Uh, there's been so many updates, so many quality of life changes. Uh, it is uh, still pretty big in esports, and it is on sale almost every weekend. <laughs> really, uh, and last year in the UK, its sales was. 200 just over 225,000 but 96% of those were digital sales which is crazy so Nuts, right? yeah but i you know you've been able to pick, you can pick that game up for you know less than $10 um i remember i think there was at one point it was like 3 or $4 to buy the game um it's it's totally worth it. Like that game, it's, it's we spent a lot of time playing that game. I remember when when we first picked it up, you and I, in the first week of us having it, maybe the first two weeks, we had already put in like over forty hours of playing it. Yeah, I got really addicted to that game. It was really you bad. Did. Yeah, but that was a that was a game that pretty much every every day, every night, we would uh, get home, hop online, and play you know, for two or three hours. Yeah. The thing I found about that game too, is like, once you fell off, you fell off. Like I would mm-hmm. just stop playing for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I find interesting about games like uh, rainbow six, far cry six, red dead, the, the call of duties, the FIFAs is their multi-platform and they're getting that kind of digital share percentage. Because this doesn't tell me whether or not it's PlayStation or not. Well, it wouldn't because there's Nintendo games on the systems. But yeah. then you, like, you look at some of the ones that were released solo, and you're like, wow, that percentage kind of sucks. Like 18% of digital on Ratchet & Clank. I know a lot of people were buying the physical copy because it was technically a launch title. And they wanted that piece of like plastic, right? But mm-hmm. the percentage just seems a little staggering to me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things change in the next year or so. Um, and I think a big part of it is 
because games are getting so much bigger, like significantly larger, that if you want to get the game and play it faster, it's it's faster to just buy the physical version of it, pop it in your console, install it from the disc, and download a smaller day one update than it is to download the entire game. Because there's still a lot of people in the world that have you know, a, a slower internet connection. That's true. Right? Like we pride ourselves on like, we are lucky enough that we can get easily a, a gigabit internet connection and download, you know, these 40, 50, 60, 70 plus gigabyte games in, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But, uh, you know, I see it all the time on Reddit where, you know, a day one patch of, you know, 30 gigabytes and someone say, well, you know what, like I still have, a bandwidth limit or you know i i'm on i have a five megabit <laughs> i'm on dsl still or something like that right where it's going to take them days to download this this game so i don't know i'm the kind of person that i, I do have a, a significant digital library um, of games that i've purchased and i'm not counting games that um i got through you know xbox like games with gold or PlayStation plus, like I do have a significant number of purchased games, but I will always uh, purchase a game physically over digitally. If, um, if I have the chance, like if I have the opportunity, um, like unless a game is significantly discounted digitally, which a lot of the times you can get them for a lot cheaper than uh, the physical counterpart, even on sale. But, you know, there's some games that you just want physical copies mm-hmm. of, you know. I, I agree. Like, there's some that you want to collect. And mm-hmm. that's usually a great thing. Um, you know, I was thinking about it while I was watching the State of Play the other day for Sony. Uh, there's not much that even got me remotely excited throughout that presentation. You saw it, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, dabbled through it. You, you dabbled a little bit. <laughs> the um, the general consensus for me, anyways, was like it was it was a lot to pack into twenty minutes, and I think that's a good way to go. But it was just nothing that really like blew my mind. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll see like something God of War, obviously, and I understand that it's like stuff that's coming out soon. But they showed a bunch of stuff that was like. I, to me, anyways, not overly interesting. And like for some people, it might be the most interesting thing they've seen all week. So uh, to go through it a little bit, what I was going to start off with was Exoprimal. Kind of look cool, a little bit different. It, exosuits and dinosaurs. Yeah, I, I, I don't see this game having a very long life. It looks like it's well, what's like a team based shooter, like or a squad based shooter. Um, and honestly, these games don't always live very long like kind of reminded me of anthem meets turok yeah like i wouldn't mind uh getting a group of friends together and playing this but i i can't see it being something that we would uh play on a regular basis you know uh i don't know it looks kind of cool everyone likes dinosaurs right yeah dinosaur games are extinct and we should bring some of them back terrible plan. Um, the next they showed off was the Diofield Chronicle. This looks like uh, the biggest J. Oh, it's 
The person who wrote under this, it's not Final Fantasy Tactics, then it's not Fire Emblem either, but it's close. Yeah, it's another, what is this? Is this Square Enix? Um, I didn't see the developer. I don't know. We it, There's not really, like, there's a little bit of gameplay, but yeah, it's just like, you know, a typical fantasy RPG tactical battle system um, in the style of every other Final Fantasy game. <laughs> it just, yeah, like it's reusing ideas. Yeah, it is Square Enix. Oh, yeah. Uh, after that, another Square Enix like reboot or something like that is uh, Valk- Valkyrie Elysium. So there was a Valkyrie profile came out on the PlayStation 1 and uh, I've Honestly, I've played this game a few times and I always get to the same part and get stuck. And I have no idea what to do with it. The story is kind of interesting. You're some like Valkyrie that uh, is, I don't know, trying to release spirits from their bodies or something like that. I never really quite understood the story, but uh, they're releasing this game again and it's no longer a turn-based strategy. It is another action RPG. Seems to be that's what exactly... That's what Square Enix is releasing now. All these action RPGs, because I don't know people don't want turn-based RPGs anymore. So far, this is just in the the Square Enix show. Mm-hmm. Um, Returnal Ascension. So an upcoming update to Returnal will add both co-op and a new area. Everybody I've talked to has told me this game is the game to play on PlayStation. Since I've got the PlayStation, I just have I've been kind of waiting to see it go on sale. It's gone it looks- a few times, but just not enough for me to justify buying it, right? Because like, I, I know it's hard. Like it's a difficult game. You know, you know what a bullet hell game is, right? Well, essentially, you just shoot. It's like Doom. You just keep shooting until no, you shoot no, 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 no. So a bullet hell game is like those arcade like shooters. You know, uh, where you like your your ship is flying in one direction, and the enemies come down, and you have to de- destroy them as they fly in. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a bullet hell game is same concept, but then all of the enemies and stuff like that shoot their weapons at you, but it's everything's kind of in a, I don't know, it's almost like a puzzle at the same time because you have to dodge all of these bullets and all these, like the energy and stuff like that. So this is takes that bullet hell style of gameplay where you have to... Uh, kind of analyze the the attack patterns of these enemies but it's in a third person third person shooter style mm-hmm. so it's a it looks really interesting it looks i like the concept of it but um i heard from pretty much everyone that the game is extremely difficult um and it's not like i just don't like games that have a difficulty to it i just don't like games that are stupid difficult and one of the things with this one is that it um if you died you had to start the level all over again oh there's no save points yeah i don't like that but uh i don't know like i think once the game goes down to like 20 bucks i might buy it but this is uh is this a it's just an update so it's just adding some modes right so co-op it might co-op might make it a little easier I don't know if uh, once the update releases and it goes on sale, maybe we could buy it and see if we can get through the co-op together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, We finally got to see a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo. It's the official launch trailer. Still interesting. 
This is yeah, like the only really thing that caught about, my right? eye today. It's like a first person like mystery game when you're fighting ghosts or something like that. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping that it looks like it it does well because uh, I remember when it was announced, it was an interesting concept. So it it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm interested in it. This was, as I said, the one that uh, kind of took caught my eye, tickled my fancy. Um, Four spoken, just every game is the same now that comes out, eh? Mm-hmm. They're like, all look, it's, third it's person just, action RPGs. It's Elden Ring Junior, but this guy has a light up snowboard uh, surfboard that helps him drive across the land. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Speaking of Elden Ring, man, oh man, I have seen some stuff about that game. Holy. <laughs> yeah, the bugs and the difficulty spikes and all that stuff is starting to come out. But Yeah, you just end up in the wrong area and it's just over. Yeah. Um, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin was shown off. Yeah, um, another, another... Uh, action RPG <laughs> from Square Enix. This, to me, every single trailer we saw, the the title of this shouldn't have been State of Play. It should have been, this game is out soon, so here's a trailer. Well, the funny thing is that you probably mashed up three of these trailers um, together. And you wouldn't have known it what would, game it was. It would look like all the same game, yeah. That's pretty funny. Now, this one, uh, then they showed Gundam Evolution. Uh, and you know what? Have you ever played any of the uh, older Gundam games? Uh, I dabbled a little there. This one looks like a first person shooter, but in Gundam, which is kind of cool. So I don't know. I, I get kind of, uh, what's the apex one, vibes right? apex with a little bit of, well, not, I guess, uh, Titanfall oh. as is by the same studio, but, yeah. um, it looks kind of cool. I think it could be a fun little arcade shooter um it's about time that they brought gundam back i remember some of like the older games they were kind of flight slim arcade third person shooter stuff could you say it's about gundam time yeah now you know what's (laughs) about gundam time is the ninja turtles teenage mutant (laughs) the teenage mutant ninja turtles the cowabunga collection dude you get a a ton of games 13 tmnt games from the eight bit and 16 bit consoles. So you got the arcade versions of the Teenage Mutant Turtles, uh Turtles in Time, the NES ones, like Turtles, Turtles 2, 3, Tournament Fighters, Turtles 4 for Super Nintendo, like Sega Genesis, Game Boy, like it's crazy. This is going to be a sick collection now. I think it's would coming love, out for Switch. Probably. A lot of this stuff is uh my guess is, yeah, I think this is going to come out for Switch because it I'm does pretty come sure out for Switch, Str- yeah. Strangers of Paradise is coming out for Xbox. Um, but this is definitely something that uh, I would buy a physical collection, like a physical copy of just because, I don't know, it seems like something that just demands space on the shelf. My, my thing here is... Guys, if you're going to buy this collection, buy it on a Switch. Why? Do not buy it on an Xbox. Do not buy it on a PlayStation. Buy it on Why? a Switch. Why? Because, A, the controllers will feel a little bit 
better, even if you're using just a Joy-Con. B, you could probably use a Super Nintendo controller to play all of these games. Oh, that's true. And C, it's going to look like shit on your Xbox or your PlayStation. I well, don't going to look like badly, it's, 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 it's going to look the same regardless of what system you're playing it on if you're playing it on a 55-inch TV. Yeah, if you're playing it on your handheld Switch, it's going to look gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> this this and game And you can play online. I would love to buy this, but I will only buy it for the Switch. All right, I'll buy it on the Switch and then we can play through uh Turtles through time or Turtles Dude, in time, sorry. Last time you and I played Turtles in time, we lost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we also were like six beers down. Yeah, we did drink a lot that day. Yeah. <laughs> I think Speaking that was of giant mutated uh, monsters. Oh, yeah, this is the last one. The 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 art looks cool. No, there's there's a few more. Is there? Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm stupid. Uh Gigabash. This you know what this reminds me of? Um if Digimon were destroying small little maps. A little bit, but uh, Rampage. You remember that game? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. It looks kind of fun. This looks kind of like Rampage where instead of there was the one where you're like fighting each other. But this is kind of like a more arcadey take on like Godzilla and like big battles and stuff like that. I don't know. It looks kind of cool. Uh, I I don't know. We'll probably try it a little bit, but. Yeah. Me, me. Um, well, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, the All Star Battle. Huh. Yeah, it's a fighting game. Uh, the game was originally released on the PlayStation Three way back in 2013, uh, but this is a significantly updated version. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is like an anime. I've never seen it, but apparently, it's uh, it's pretty good. Interesting. Well, so should I check this out? Probably not. Probably not. Ah, <laughs> uh, Trek to Yomi. Oh, is it an? Oh, this kind of looks like um. Oh, what's that game that everybody's playing right now? Like Sifu or whatever. Go. Oh, Sifu. Yeah, it kind of looks like this War of Mine mixed in with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. But it's like got that two D platformer feel mm-hmm. at a forty five degree angle. Mm-hmm. If it's all black and white too, that'll be really cool. This would be something neat to play. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's looks like a uh, Akira, whatever. I forget the the Akira, um, Akira Kurosawa. He's a Japanese filmmaker. He made some like he was like very famous for making a lot of um like epic samurai movies. Mm-hmm. From like in the the late fifties to mid mid eighties, uh, like Seven Samurai uh, is probably one of those uh, more popular one. Ran is uh, a movie that he did, and uh, it's a rendition of a Shakespeare story, uh, Shakespeare's King Lear, and it's like a Japanese take on that with like epic epic battles and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Trek to Yomi kind of feels like it was modeled after those, uh, those types of those old samurai films. Mm -hmm. It looks interesting. 
Um, and based off the trailer, it does look like it's all in black and white, but there, there might be an option to play it in color. Um, like Ghost of Tsushima has, you can have like a classic film look. So the whole, whole game's in black and white and stuff like that. Yeah, it looks interesting. Now, before we get into ah, the, the highly dropped trailer of this week, I just wanted to quickly note that Lego Star Wars did confirm the Skywalker Sockers, uh, Saga is receiving two DLCs on day one, Mandalorian and Rogue One. And it is wild, the amount of content that they're getting. Two packs mm-hmm. will be available to everyone when Skywalker Saga launches on April 5th, including characters from the first season of Mandalorian and Solo, a solo uh, Star Wars story. The former includes um, five characters, including the Mandalorian himself, who comes with a non-playable Grogu, uh, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, IG-11, and Kui. Kui? Cool? Quill. I Quill. I don't remember that name. My bad. He was the guy that trained him how to read the ride the things. Oh, okay. Remember yes. he died and everyone was uh, really upset? Yes, they should stop killing she, characters that we like. She who shall not be named cried. Rough one. <laughs> yeah. um, the so the solo pack includes uh, young Han Solo. A y- Han Solo. Han Solo. Uh, words are hard for you. <laughs> I know. I'm struggling today. Young Chewbacca, young Lando, uh, Kira, and uh, Tobias Beckett. Not bad. Then two further DLCs are going to come out on April 19th and May 4th, respectively. Those are going to be classic character packs, which are going to have Luke, Leia, Han, Darth Vader, Lando. And there's a trooper pack that's going to include a Death Trooper, Incinerator Trooper, a Range Trooper, Imperial Shore Trooper. Oh, there's lots of stuff. And on April 19th, even more crap is going to come out. You get Rogue One characters like Jin, Bodhi, uh, Cassian Andor, K2SO. And on the May 4th one, you will get Ahsoka Tano, Bo- uh, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Fennec Shand, and Moff Gideon. And you get Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Crosshair, and Echo. This game is going to be fucking legit. There's going to be a ton of characters. Do you have it pre-ordered? I did. I got, um, I got my little carbonite keychain and my little x-wing wait where did you get the carbonite keychain from uh gamestop you oh, get a carbonite yeah. uh, or it's han solo and the carbonite and you get a um a luke's x-wing i think yeah yeah i gotta get that pre-order set up just so i can get one of those bonuses yeah i'm super stoked that comes out in a month and I'm going to play the absolute shit out of that game. Which system did you get it for? I got it for Xbox. Now, I'm I'm glad it's backwards compatible. Like, it's compatible with both systems. Because I might actually play it on both Xboxes and use cloud saves. Solely because in the living room, if we play two-player, Krista likes playing the Lego games, right? So, mm-hmm. she, she likes, like, we play Lego Harry Potter, Lego, what's it called? The Lego movie one? We've been playing through those, and she seems to really right. enjoy that. So this uh, this will be another fun game that we can play together. You notice I didn't say Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Nobi Kenobi. Obi Nobi Kenobi. The key to hunting Jedi is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion 
leaves a trail. The Jedi Code is like an itch. You cannot help it. Where is he? Hello there. I Hello wish. there. <laughs> I wish. That oh was my the only God. thing that was missing. I know. Oh my God. So the Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I guess it's just called Kenobi trailer dropped earlier this week. And it looks phenomenal. Now, for people who uh, listened to our episode with Jay Bartlett. As Dude, we it's were, called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is it? I thought it was just called Kenobi. Looking at the title sequence right now. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, p- people who remember our episode with Jay Bartlett, where we kind of ripped apart the Boba Fett series, uh, we were concerned about this one. Now, if this trailer... Okay, we, we can't get too excited because this trailer is just showing, uh, what, like two minutes of a six-hour series? Yes. Right? Um, but already in the series, and now I know you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, and I feel like you're going to miss out on some significant stuff. Uh, actually, you do have enough time to catch up on uh, Rebels. It's only four seasons. But you have to watch all of Clone Wars first. <laughs> uh, you don't have to watch all of Clone Wars first. I don't think um, it's not. So like Rebels takes place a significant amount of time after episode three. Um, so there is, I guess there is some connections to Clone Wars with Ahsoka. Um and uh anakin and and darth vader and all that stuff but not a significant amount um it's more of like the the beginning of the rebellion um but this is where uh, and and i know you had said it showed like darth vader or something like that well it's not darth vader that is the inquisitor yeah and i was like wow they did they did him real good well it's because he didn't have a helmet on that's how i exactly how i knew that it wasn't darth vader um no, well, well the, and they had Inquisitors in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, right? So we've already seen the Inquisitors in the games, but I have a feeling that some of these are the same ones from uh, Rebels. Um, I, I could be mistaken, but uh, I don't know. I think it's cool that, well, Star Wars has, Star Wars has uh, created a... I don't know. It's it's like the opposite, like the dark side of a gray Jedi, right? Like Ahsoka mm-hmm. isn't officially a Jedi, but she's a force sensitive user and she can use the force and she can control lightsabers, but she's more or less on the good side. Whereas, you know, the, the emperor got rid of, they purged the, the world of, or the galaxy of Jedi, but then Vader in some of the comics and stuff like that started training force sensitive users to become their inquisitors. And so they're not straight up Jedi's. They can't really use the force, so to speak, but they are more in tuned with it, I would say. So we're going to get to see some of these uh, inquisitors 
I don't know, in full force, right? Like this is probably what, like 10 years after episode three. Yeah, around there. Maybe maybe more. I don't know. It's hard to see because they did show a, a Luke Skywalker as a child. Um, looks like he was pretending to be in a pod racer. Yeah. Is it is it bad that the first thing I thought of when I saw that child was, man, oh, man, this fan base is going to ruin that kid's career? You know what? It's a legitimate concern, but I am hoping that there is not a whole lot of that kid in it. <laughs> Can't ruin his career if he's not in it. Yeah. Like I like the idea of it focusing more on Obi-Wan kind of watching from a distance. And I would rather him interact more with uh, uncle Owen and aunt brew more so than with Luke himself, because Luke doesn't really know who Ben Kenobi is in A New Hope, right? And so the age that they showed Luke was old enough for him to remember who this person is, right? Uh, I don't know. I It looks interesting. I friggin' love the Duel of the Fates remix that they mixed in with... Uh, What's the, uh, the like the the battle scene from uh, episode three? One of the greatest Star Wars songs ever made. Um, I'm not gonna you know, know the name of the song. Well, I don't even know the name of the song. Um, Star Wars. I gotta Google this. It's gonna bother okay. me. What? What? While you're googling it, I still have concerns. Um, I did also message Jay asking him what his uh, thoughts were. And he just messaged me back. Um, he teared up a little bit when he said, uh, when Obi-Wan was like, wow, you are, you must stay hidden. And then as they're showing Luke and then he, he teared up with the whole duel of fate song. Like I got a little bit of a, mm-hmm. uh, a nice feeling towards it as well. I will say I am still a little optimistic or uh, cautiously optimistic of uh, what this possible rematch means for the franchise. Like there's no way George Lucas wrote the original line in um, return of the Jedi to make it seem like they met more than once in combat. Did, are they implying that like, um, Oh, like Luke or not Luke, Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Vader. You, You mean a new hope, right? Pardon? I just accidentally kicked over my hard drive. <laughs> You're all right. Uh, you, why are you kicking your hard drive? It's not a soccer ball. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, Obi-Wan. It was a new hope, right? Where he said, oh, the last time I, we met, I was the Padawan learner, but now I'm the master or some shit like that, right? Oh, yeah. That was a new hope. That was, yeah. Like yeah he kills yeah, Ben Kenobi right away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing is, is I... I hope, and I know that we mentioned this um, when we were doing our Boba Fett episode. Uh, I hope that they they don't have Darth Vader interact with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think by seeing the Inquisitors in this, uh, this trailer, they're sticking with the 
the like the status quo of the Star Wars stories and stuff like that, the comics and the books and and the media that's been released, where Darth Vader is kind of controlling things from the background, and he sends out his Inquisitors to do his dirty work to you know travel across the galaxy, and their job is to purge the remaining uh surviving jedi um and i i think i think if uh, nintendo i think if (laughs) disney is going to try and fix what they did with boba fett they need to stay true to some of these significant lines that were said in the original trilogy yeah um because they can easily just make that compl- that interaction between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, well, I, I guess in a sense, because Obi-Wan Kenobi has aged so much from when this movie takes place, or sorry, this series takes place and A New Hope, that there could technically have been an interaction between the two, but look, man, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I'm just going to not read this to you. Lucasfilm president and producer. I know. Kennedy has touted the anticipation between battle of the battle of Obi-Wan and the Sith Lord, Darth Vader, the corrupt Anakin Skywalker as the rematch of the century. And it is rumored that there will be two epic battles against each other that will rank at the top of star Wars duels. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's the time that the time has the or the timeline is, I guess, significant enough that they could have a battle where he was like, yeah, you know, I still lost to Obi-Wan Kenobi and it could still technically be true. Like the last time we met, I was but the learner and now I'm the master. I don't know. I I feel like they have to make it so that uh, it doesn't cheapen it. Darth Vader is still clumsy. You know what I mean? Cause like he's still, he's still Anakin Skywalker. He's still freshly Darth Vader. He just, uh, you know, got his shiny new suit on. If only they didn't just do that with Kylo Ren. I know. Like that's like, the exact same thing. Like, what are you going to do? Continually have the quote unquote bad guy not to be good at fighting. Well, I think, if there there are some comics that uh, you might actually enjoy if you if you like the Darth Vader character and want to explore a little bit more of him. There's the uh, the Vader series of comic books. Uh, I think there's I don't know like six collected issues or something like that uh, volumes. Um, but or there's also one called Imperial Machine. I think it's Imperial Machine actually that uh, takes place right after he becomes Darth Vader and gets the suit and he's doing dirty work for Palpatine, but he's still, he's still learning to deal with the suit and its restrictions. So if this series takes place kind of at that point where Darth Vader has not quite got control of the suit that is essentially keeping him alive, then it could justifiably add a layer of difficulty for him to uh, fight Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
I don't trust anything that Kathleen Kennedy says when she says that this is like going to be one of the best fights ever. You know what? She's done a lot to ruin Star Wars. Um, and get the thing is, is all the the more recent Star Wars stuff like that's come out. So Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Bad Batch, uh, and now Kenobi. They're all the brainchild of John Favreau and Dave Fellini, right? I feel like Kathleen Kennedy has hopefully for the most part, kind of taken a step back and let them have more creative control. And and we've seen that more with, uh, especially more with um, Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping that she's after the fiasco of the sequel trilogy and how much she kind of tried to control the narrative of that that she's learned to just, uh, you know, let the people who are good at what they do, do their jobs and try not to meddle with it as much. Favreau can only do so much though, man. I know Favreau can only do so much, but Dave Fellini is like the appointed, you know, future godfather of Star Wars. Like George Lucas has literally taken him under his wing. And I would say out of any single person on the planet, to have the same vision as George Lucas for Star Wars and understand the connection between characters and the stories and where things should be going, it's Dave Fellini. And yeah, he, honestly, he is the Kevin Feige of Star Wars, that's for sure. And honestly, like you and I, I'm going to keep telling you this until you watch it all. You need to watch Clone Wars because. That series alone has like Dave Fellini did more for Star Wars and the lore and fixing the things that didn't quite make sense or that were kind of weird or adding backstories and stories to characters that we didn't really know we could care about. Dave Fellini did more for that than anyone else has done for Star Wars, more so than George Lucas himself for creating it. Right. I don't know. I I think if you compare the trailers for Kenobi and Boba Fett, this one looks night and day different, like way more better, <laughs> way more better. That's not even proper sentence. I'm just so excited. Well, I'm glad you're excited and I'm hoping our listeners are excited as well. So before we wrap, I got a question for you. All right. Lay it on me. All right. So doors or wheels, Oof. what are there more of? In the world. And you could even like break this down to just your house. What are there more of? Doors or wheels? That's right. I'm talking about the the TikTok sensation debate that is kind of sweeping every single like BuzzFeed, Twitter, blogosphere, everything. Doors or wheels? Like, does uh, this include like my driveway, like every, everything, everything on my pro- everything on my property? Everything, yeah. Like looking at like just in the room around me. So there's a door into it, but I also have a door to my CD or my my disc drive. I have like a small oh those doors count, not like not do- doors for yeah. It's like people are taking way. this so intense. Like in a kitchen, there's stove, cupboard doors microwave door but there's wheels inside your microwave because they're on little casters for the spinning thing this is <laughs> like is this the new blue or gold dress thing yeah my my logic is i believe it's wheels and you you can look at wheels as 
a door has to open for it to be a door. So if you were to look at a toy car, it would have four wheels, but nine times out of ten, the door is not going to open. So that's four to one. Your car would be evened out. That would be four and four. A transport truck would be 18 wheels plus two spares for the the four doors on the transport truck. Hold up. Does it? Does the trunk and the hood count as a door? Technically, so it'd be six. So it'd be two two doors. More doors. Yeah. It's like anything you could possibly think of has probably a door or a wheel, right? So yeah. This is a debate. My gut tells me it's wheels. Because a My two gut. door like a two door car still I has mean, a hood. A, still has a hood in a trunk. Yeah, but they're not considered doors. They have to but be you called just, a you door. Just, you just said that they were doors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh my God. See, right? this like is your, this is the your C D tray. That's a tray, not a door then. Or it could be considered a drawer. Yep. You know what my take is from this? <laughs> that we need to stop recording podcasts this later. Yeah, it's dumb. This is dumb. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just trying to see. My vote is who's voting doors? Wheels are on everything. I have wheels on my garment rack, makeup storage holder, rubbish bin. Definitely wheels. Yeah, it's just, it's it seems to. Doors by far. Most things have a wheel or. Most things that have wheels have a two to one door ratio. Okay. Like internet help us. I mean, like if this is the most important topic of (laughs) of the week, I mean, Oh my God. I think it it is because we're not talking about other things that are happening right now. There's mm -hmm. the craziness that's happening in Florida. There's the craziness that's happening in, in the Ukraine. Wait, what's happening in Florida? the 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 bill i believe it's called um it, it's the I, oh i, I thought that was te- i thought that was texas I'm, I'm trying to think um say no what, gay say no gay yeah yeah also really like just ridiculous ridiculous um for anybody who's an snl fan go back to last week's episode of saturday night live watch the weekend update and watch kate mckinnon's brain break as she's trying to explain this to people Um, for people who don't know um, Kate McKinnon is a member of the LGBTQ community and she actually goes on uh, a very well thought out rant and it's very, it's very tasteful, very funny, but it's also very to the point, Hmm. but I'll check it out. If wheels and doors is what we're talking about right now to distract us from $2 a liter gas prices. I'm for it. Uh, there you, you did it. Now I had to. Re- now I'm reminded of the two dollar gas. You know it costs more to get a tank of gas than a video game in Ontario right now. I know, for right? every size car, <laughs> right? So now I can use this when I want to buy a, uh, another video game. Um, right now, if you work minimum wage in Ontario, it costs seven hours to get a full tank of gas. The average tank of gas. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. Just yeah. just stupid. But that's where we're ending this one. If you have any comments about what we talked about today, obviously find us on our socials. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google. For myself and David. That's me. He's no cool.
<laughs> he's no cool he's no cool i purposely said it that way oh my thank God. you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast peace